One of the greatest challenges that salespeople face when it comes to closing deals is not about strategies. It's about the focus that they have for the deal and what they want to do with it. Master this and close more deals. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And the topic for today on episode number 163 is how to stay focused in sales. How to stay focused in sales. And I want to let you know from the very beginning two things. One, this conversation is going to be a mix of focus and goal setting. These two items, they go hand in hand. There's one side of the coin and then there's the other. So a lot of this conversation is going to border on focus and then it's going to border on goals and it's going to go back to focus and it's go back to goals. And two, I... I'm not perfect. So this this episode that I am recording here today, number 163, is uh, part for you, part for me, as a good reminder, you know, that there's things that I've got to do as well. And Tony Robbins has this saying, where, where focus goes, energy flows. Where focus goes, energy flows. And there's times where uh, I look at projects. There's times where I get involved in things. Uh, there's times where I look at like, okay, what should I be doing? And I have to go where focus goes, energy flows, where focus goes, energy flows. Love the Tony Robbins sayings because sometimes you have to say no. And this is part of the conversation that, you know, we tend to think that we are superhuman, superman, superwomen, and that uh, we can do everything. And the truth is, is like we can only be good at so many things. There's very few talented people that are good at everything that they touch. And, you know, there's pros and cons to that. I will share with you that some of the toughest people for me to work with and train are those who are naturally tra- uh, talented and don't have problems from the very beginning because they they didn't take the lumps. It just came to them naturally. So when they struggle, they struggle worse than somebody who had had to learn. So like, you're like, I look at that guy and I'm jealous. Well, there's a learning curve on everything. And very few people on this planet are very good at everything that they touch. There's some people who evolve their skills and it's just, it's magic for them. And then there's people who struggle. Like I have a tough time spelling. I have taken basic English courses and my brain just doesn't wired for it. And so like where focus goes, energy flows. I would rather focus on other things at this point in my life. I'm 45 today as I'm speaking and there's plenty of other things that I can do with that energy. So, you know, I, I look at it like I've gotten to where I'm at in this life. Can't spell, can't punctuate. I'm okay with that. Time to move on. Focus goes, energy flows. Got to say no. You just have to say no. And, you know, you look at almost every sales psychology book, everything's on getting people to say yes. Everything's like, you got to get people to say yes. And so like we typically as salespeople want to get to say yes and not have to reject people. And so that becomes a, a problem over time because you may have a fear of rejection. And your fear of rejection actually ties you into things that you shouldn't do, and it causes problems. It causes a lot of problems. It causes issues. And so you you may have like this track of things that you want to do, and then all of a sudden you don't because your fear of rejection has gotten you all caught up, okay? 
And when you take a look at a sales process, anything you're doing, some people will say, well, like this is pressure. Well, you know, anytime that you put a constraint on somebody and you give a rule, that's always pressure. It's always pressure. Cause like, think about it. You, you ask somebody like, Hey, uh, uh, sales manager, can I get the day off? No. Well, on their end, it feels like pressure from them because they're rejecting you. And on your end, it feels like pressure because you're being rejected. And so like you may have like an adverse feeling sometimes when you are staying focused in the sales process. And I want to let you know this is normal. This is this is something that salespeople go through, but nobody really talks about is like this fear of rejection sometimes causes you to derail from your focus. Causes you to say like, ah, oh, you know what? If they tell me no, then I'm not going to ask for the sale. So like in every sales process, you got to ask for the sale in some way or another. Are we going to do this or not? You can play the go fetch a rock game. Like all I need is a credit card. All I need is a driver's license. Whatever way of the 1 million ways you want to ask for the sale, you got to ask for the sale. There's, there are so many times that I ride with salespeople and they get to the end and they're like, here's your price. There's no next steps. There's no nothing. There's, there's, there's just like, here's the price. And like most people don't know like, Hey, great. I want to take it. You, it. Maybe if you've done a masterful presentation, but like, that's not the norm. I I've ridden with all sorts of salespeople and very few times have I seen somebody consistently where the people are like, yep, I'll take it. I'll take it. They're out there. Don't get me wrong. I know a few of them. They're out there, but it's not normal. So you have to, you have to show the trajectory. You have to give the direction for the buyer. And so People will, will say that it feels like pressure because most people aren't used to direction. And you have to know that the, the vocal pitch and tone that you have really does matter. And there, when, when you take a look at, at how interactions happen, you may look at people who are goal-oriented and direction-oriented as pushy. Because they're used to saying, this is the way that we're going. If you ever work with a really good project manager... Uh, usually really good project managers are like this. It's just like some people may refer to them as a driver. Well, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. But over time, people develop better skills. So take somebody that you that you really like, take somebody that you would really admire as a leader and look at what they do. Look at how they talk. They, they stay focused. They, they say, this is the direction that we're going. And I'm going to give you a little add-on bonus on staying focused in sales. And it may not, I promise you, this may not seem like this is going to be something that's going to cause you to stay focused, but it does. And it's how much you smile in a deal. How much you smile in a deal. Not the creepy smile like you're a stalker, but just like a, a common smile. Now, I was watching, you know, uh, social media, and sometimes you can flip through reels on, I don't know, Instagram or Facebook, whatever they call it on on there. And there was an, an episode of Undercover Boss. And it had uh, Uncle G. Grant Cardone. And so some people don't like him. Some people love him. I really don't have an opinion. I think he's got some good content. I, I've i never met him. I don't have bad feelings. So I'm going to take some good stuff from him. But there's an episode where he's trying to make a deal happen. He has no money and he's asking a guy for 10 grand. And he's like, you know, I, I really just need this 10 grand to get going. And the camera pans over to the, the entrepreneur and... You know, Grant knows he's got this guy because Grant's got good charm. But the the camera the camera pans back to Grant, and Grant's got a smile on his face, and he's just got good energy. So I'm going to say that 
one of the things about deal making that you you don't always realize because you can't see from the perspective of the of the buyer. And I've had the opportunity to ride on a lot of sales ride alongs, a lot in a lot of different industries. And a lot of times where the pressure comes from from the buyer is not feeling the emotion. The salesperson is so caught up in trying to close the deal and has so much focus that all of the emotions leave the room and it feels like pressure because it is pressure because the salesperson forgets that they have emotions, they lose their vocal pitch and tone, and then everything goes away. So like to bring this full circle, your fear of rejection plus your emotions are really going to cause problems with you to stay focused because you're going to be like, why isn't this person buying? Well, when you go and you take a look at studies, there's people who have cognitive uh, damage to their brain. And I can't remember which lobe it is. It's one of the lobes. That when people have damage to their lobe, they have no ability to read emotions. And when they have no ability to read emotions, they can't make a decision. And so you would think like, hey, you know what? You know, everything is logical. And there's that saying, people buy on emotions and justify with logic. So if you're not smiling inside of a deal, I'm going to promise you that you're going to lose a couple of deals or a lot of deals because it just, it feels like pressure. But like in your mind, you're like, I'm just focused on the deal. I'm focused on the outcome. Yes. Yes. And it can create a struggle for you. And so uh, I, I'm a big fan of admitting problems that I have because I'm not perfect and I don't have to be. And I, I don't ever want to be something that I'm not. So when I, when I go through these episodes, even YouTube videos or whatnot, even when I'm speaking in public, I like to remind people that I'm not perfect. Um, I never want anything to come across as a holier than thou. It's just that I get to see things from a different perspective when I do ride with people consistently and I role play with them and I see all the struggles that they face and I, I look for where I came from and I'm like, okay, I had this struggle too. And I got to let you know, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know, I, Scott Sylvan Bell, have a problem after a certain amount of time inside of a deal sitting with somebody. My brain wanders and I lose interest. And my mark is about two and a half to three hours. After that, it's just not interesting to me anymore. I'm an impatient person. And I've really had to work hard at, at making it so that I can sit longer at a table to work a deal, to work a strategy. And so for you, you have a kryptonite. I don't know what it is. I'm not sitting there talking to you, like sitting face to face, belly to belly. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you in your ear right now, but you really do have to admit like, hey, I have a problem with focus in this area of business, in this area of my sales process. You know, I see a lot of salespeople struggle in the discovery phase as asking questions because in the beginning, it's all brand new. You're like, I've never heard this stuff before. But after like time 1000, it just isn't interest, interesting anymore. You're already like, all right, I know which way I can go. If you read Spin Selling by Neil Rackham, and, and uh, he talks about this, that the, the average time of people asking questions in their first 90 days of sales decreases over time. And that was something that was a key pivotal part of my sales process when I was struggling was I started counting how many questions that I was asking. I started uh, looking at, at my sales process and saying, why am I not focused? Well, I'm not focused because I'm bored. All right. Well, I'm, I'm bored because I feel like I've heard this before. And because I would lose attention to the buyer, they felt it. Okay. So like your buyer feels your emotions. And I know this sounds woo-woo. I know it does, but I can tell you from writing with salespeople with certainty that when a salesperson does not like a buyer, most of the time they don't sell that that job. Most of the time it just it doesn't happen because there's no warmth. There's no empathy. There's no, I mean, it, the emotions feel flat. So when you're like, Scott, 
how do you stay focused on sales? You were talking about goals and you were talking about focus. And I'm like, this is all part of the game. I mean, this isn't just like a little picnic basket. This is a large picnic basket with a lot of things into it that are, that can get complex. And so the focus in your sales process is follow through all the way to the end. This is all the way through to the presentation. And so here's a couple of things. And, and I'm going to warn you that some of these ideas, they may suck because you got to go through it. And it doesn't sound like fun because it's not. <laughs> All right. And it's funny because um, if, if you le- read the book by, by Goggins, um, You Can't Hurt Me, uh, David Goggins. If you read the book, You Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, there's a point where you realize that the, the weakness that you have is the thing that you overcome. And the only way that you overcome it is by putting in the work. And this was a, a huge revelation to me, I don't know, 2005, 2006. I hated role play. I was nervous about it. I hated it. And then I had a friend that was like, look, let's role play. And so we would role play. And then he quit and I didn't work with him anymore. And I didn't have anybody to role play with. And so like I would find somebody, I would pay people, just role play with me, just, you know, be my buyer. And I'd put the objection on a note card and I would have them roll through it and be the person. And now uh, I don't care the industry. I don't care the service. I don't care the product. Someone's like, hey, I need somebody to role play with. Well, if I got a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll, I'll roll the dice. I'll role play with people and see what they say. Because like, look, there's times where I've picked up really good word tracks and really good ways to overcome objections that, that I haven't seen. It's, it's not as common now for me as it was way back. But I was like, hey, look, it's, it's every repetition. It's everything that you have going on. And so this, this is the part of the sucky thing besides role play is like, Use a set presentation because there's no way to understand to fix what you're doing if you don't have a consistent process. And so the way that this ties directly into focus is when you have a path, a direction that you need to go, it makes things easier. And I'm going to prove it to you this way right now. Um, The first couple of times that you drove to your house, to your apartment, to your condo, to your building, wherever you live, it took a lot of focus for you to get into that routine. And now it's automatic. Now, think about this. Sometimes when you're out of focus, you end up at a previous building, house, condo that you used to live at. So where I live now is probably about four miles away from a house I used to have. And there's been times where I'm just, I'm out of focus and I just go into automatic routine and I do a few things and I end up like, oh, I don't live here anymore. <laughs> I don't have the garage clicker anymore. I don't have the key to the front door. What am I doing here? I don't live here. So there is a point that once you get really good at your presentation, that if you lose focus, you can lose deals. So once again, this is a dichotomy. There's two sides to the coin. You have to be very careful that to put that, that energy in. And you do realize that as a salesperson, that you have flaws, but that's okay because everybody's got flaws and it's your job to work on them. And so I'm going to give you this challenge to track the times and the days to find out where you sell and where you don't. So I'm going to give you an example from my life. I used to have this belief that I couldn't sell on Friday nights because I didn't want to work on Friday nights for whatever reason, stupid reasons. They're really not really interesting to you. But I didn't want to work on Friday nights. So I told myself I can't sell on Friday nights. So guess what? I didn't sell on Friday nights. You have some version of this. Some people will say I can't sell when it's windy outside. I can't sell when it's rainy outside. Um, for some people who don't belong in sales, they can't sell on the day that ends with why it just, it just happens. All right. So your, your job is to narrow in and figure out those days that you struggle, those, those times that you struggle, um, the time block that you, you have an issue with. 
And for some people, they're not morning people. They're just like, I, I'm not good at selling in the morning. I'm just, it, whatever reason, they make an excuse. And I'll tell you that my Friday example was an excuse. I just, there was other places I'd rather be. There was other things that I'd rather do. And so instead of me focusing on what I needed and what I wanted to do, I would focus on the negative. I focused on the negative. Now, remember earlier I shared with you, Tony Robbins, where focus goes, energy flows. So I told myself, Friday nights, I suck. I'm not going to sell. And so I want to give you an example. I want to give you a real example. I did a ride along recently. And there's a guy that I coach. And he's in the Bay Area. Excuse me. He's in the Bay Area. And so on a Friday, I went and I drove to the Bay Area, San Francisco, and I rode with him. And uh, it seemed like from the very beginning, I'm like, hey, why why are you in a hurry? And he says, I'm not in a hurry. And I said, I promise you, I'm watching from the outside. I've known you for a long time. You're in a hurry. Why are you in a hurry? And he's like, ah, you know, this weekend I'm going to be going down to L.A. with the family. And I'm like, look, you're paying me to ride with you for the day. You're paying me to ride with you for the day. You got to stay focused on on today. You got to stay focused on today. So you know, I got I got to the first place that we went to. It was like we were there at seven in the morning. So, you know the the sales process was very fast. It was very quick. It it felt it felt like pressure because it was pressure. The sales guy was trying to get quick to the end. Okay, so you know, ride with him all day long, and we go to a sales call and. Uh, you know, Bay Area traffic on a Friday is not nice. <laughs> I don't know where you live. I don't know if you ever live anywhere near the Bay Area. And if you haven't, Friday traffic sucks. So it's it's 90 miles from Sacramento to to San Francisco. And on a Friday afternoon, it can take four and a half to five hours to make that drive back because there's people heading to South Lake Tahoe. There's people heading to Reno. There's people going camping. There's people going skiing. So like it's it's crazy like the the traffic on uh, Highway uh, 50 and Highway 80 and like all throughout the the bay starts backing up around two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, we're out just north of San Francisco, so Marin County, and this guy has got a house and and he needs a roof. So I'm with my roofer guy that I'm I'm with, and it, it and I can see like the the focus is waning. The focus is going. This this sales guy is like thinking about Disneyland. He's thinking about LA. He's not thinking about the deal. So we take a look, measure the roof, figure out how many how many squares it's gonna need to be, take a look at the flashing, take a look how it's gonna take to pack everything in, pack everything out. And uh sales guy says, Great, I'll get back to you. Well, you know, uh at this time of the year, it's winter. So it rains and it rains a lot in Marin County. I mean, it's just, it's right there at the, the north of, of San Francisco. It's foggy, it's cold, it's rainy. So it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and we are literally four miles north of the Golden Gate Bridge. We're four miles north of the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, I've been through enough deals to know that there's a sense of urgency. I can feel it from the homeowner. I can feel it from the buyer. So we're driving. Sales guy's talking to me about LA and I'm like, dude, this job is sold. You just have to put in the effort. And he's like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll call him on Monday. I was like, look, you're paying me to ride with you today. You're paying me for coaching. You're paying me for training. And I want to make sure that you get the most out of it. Pull over. I said, I'm, I, you've, you've booked me for the day. I'm booked for the day. I have nowhere to go. I'm, if, if I don't sit and ride with you, I'm going to sit in traffic anyway. 
right? Because like I have to drive back from Sacramento from where you live and where your office is. So like we're, we're going to make this happen. So he says, well, you know, I really don't want to pull over. And I said, fine, you know, then as we're driving, you're going to put this on speakerphone and you're going to call your, your teams. You're going to call your subs and we're going to find a way to make this happen. MIH, make it happen. Move, move the ball forward. Right. This is one thing that I learned in soccer. I played soccer for a while. This is one thing that I learned in swimming. I swam for a while and then I played football for like a season. It's one thing that you're always moving the ball forward. You're always moving. Where's that ball that you got to move forward? This is the focus. And because he lost focus, he, he, he was going to walk away from this deal. And so I was like, look, sales guy, we need to make this happen. So we call us up. Hey, under these circumstances, how much would you charge? What would you do? How can I get you on the schedule? And so sales guy looks at me, he's like, I really don't want to use this guy. And I'm like, okay, call another sub, call another, another person you work with, get a hold of another team. And so, uh, he calls another guy we talk back and forth with price. He talks back and forth with price. We tell him what's going to be. So he's got three different, by the time that we're done, we've got three different subs lined up for this roof job. And so he's like, all right, well, I'll call the homeowner on Monday. And I'm like, look, man, it's Friday. This is a done deal. This is a done deal. All you have to do is call your homeowner, call your client, give them the circumstances, and you know we'll make things happen. And he's like, well, Scott, I don't know what to say. And I'll go, fine, we're riding right here. We're, we're just north of Marin County, or we're in Marin County. We're passing by the Ferrari dealership. By the way, that's a pretty cool Ferrari sitting out front. You're role-playing with me. So we role-play. We role-play all the way across into Richmond. So you know we're, it doesn't matter. We're, we're driving north and we're, we're heading east. So uh, we role play for a good 45 minutes. We talk it back and forth. You know, I say it, he says it. He says it, I say it. I say it, he says it. So he calls the homeowner and he says, hey, you know, great news. Here's the thing. Um, I, I was able to move everything around on my schedule to make this happen. I would love to work with you. I know the storm's coming. This isn't an easy job. Here's what the price is. In order to get started, I just need to fax you over uh, an agreement or send you a DocuSign. Can't remember which way he said it. And we can get you started. And he said, look, you know, in California, I can get 10% or $1,000 down, whatever the lesser amount is. You just pay me when the job's done. And she goes, great, let's do it. So he hangs up the phone. We high five each other. You know, he closed the deal. He made it happen. He, he made the sale happen. But that deal, I'm going to tell you, just from as many deals as I've sat through, had he would have not put some urgency to it. This is the whole point of the story. It took focus and urgency. Focus plus urgency. And because he role-played it enough with me, the first time that he he gave the close, whatever version of it that he gave, it sounded really choppy. It sounded like pressure. It didn't sound like there was a benefit of him moving forward. But by role-playing it for about 45 minutes of going back and forth, he would go, I would go, he would go, I would go, he would go, I would go. It made it feel completely natural. And so this is the point that I wanted to give you focus, urgency, but that conversation has to feel natural. Okay. It has to feel like this is the direction we're going. Otherwise a person's go, why are you pressuring me? You know, it's that the, the example that I gave of, um, Grant Cardone, I was going to use somebody else's name, Grant Cardone of the smile. It's the energy that you have in the sales process. Like right now, I got a smile on my face and you can hear it. You can hear the smile on my face. You sound entirely different smiling than when you're stressed out. And so this little tip of, you know, as you're going through your sales process that you got to, you got to put the smile in. People feel it. 
people feel like, hey, this guy or this girl is just stressed out or it feels pushy. And so the reason I bring this up is I will talk to salespeople a lot about like, where's your focus at? They're like, my focus is on closing the deal. And I go, great, you know, focus on, on helping the client with solve their problem, smile, focus on your goals. But like, first and foremost, take care of the person that you're with. That's, that's like the, the preeminent part, the preeminent part of, of the sales process. Okay. So I want to help you be, uh, goal centric. I want to help you stay focused. And I want to share with you a common problem that I have when I, when I work with salespeople. And here is a, an issue that salespeople face. Like I only need $10,000 a month to survive. And it's like, there's times where people get really weird about money, especially if you make more than your parents. There's a time where people get really weird about money, especially when they're young. I can think of a couple of really, really young salespeople that get smack talked to them because they're they're successful at what they do. There, there's a guy that I know of that you know people pile on him on Facebook, and they're you know instead of just saying congratulations, you know way to be a badass, people like start showing through their inadequacies of themselves, and they start talking trash, and so there's a weird thing that people have about the money that they make. And people will say like, well, I only need X amount of dollars. Well, I don't want these people to view me this way. And you know, a lot of the times when we're like, we want people to view us one way or another, that person has nothing to do with your life. Nothing that, you know, if if you're trying to flex and show off for people, then, you know, you, you've got to do your things for your reason, not for other people. So, Salespeople get caught up in this. I only need, I'm going to give you a random number, $10,000 a month to survive on. That's it. No more, no less. And there's a problem with this is like that your brain, your brain keeps track of your goals and your brain's like a computer. And if you're programming it and saying, you know, I only need $10,000 a month to survive. That's all your brain's going to sell to. You know, that's, that's the amount of work that it's going to put in. And so like, I've always liked to say, Hey, $10,000 a month is, is, is okay. But what I would like to do is reach between fifteen and twenty thousand. Because like when you set a goal, if you give your brain like a range, you're you're having a, a better you have you're having you have a better opportunity of reaching that goal. So give yourself a range, put yourself a stretch, okay. And so I'm going to give you a non-perfect list of ways to stay goal centric, okay. And so let's let's start with sales. I'm going to give you some of the best advice that you're ever going to get, you're ever going to get. And it's not easy. Okay. Stay away from negative people. That's it. Stay away from negative people, negative conversations, negative people. Don't get me wrong. There's negative stuff that happens in life, but there are people that walk around with a cloud over the top of their head and their job is to pull you off a track. Their job is to have you join their pity party. And I, a lot of these people have perpetual pity parties and you can see people get sucked into it. Like I can feel negative energy like all the way around me. Uh, uh, uh-uh. I, you know, I, I wear headphones everywhere that I go. And the reason for it is one, if you're important, I'm going to take my headphones off and talk to you Two, If you're negative, nope, headphones are going in. I'm going to have my opera going. I'm going to have my classical music going. I'm going to have a, a class going. I don't know. I mean, I listen to a ton of stuff. It could be Pantera or Metallica. It could be hip hop, could be some old school gangster rap. I don't know. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to listen to negative people. Okay. Two role play. Role play because it helps you stay focused on your sales process, silly. Three, checklist. Checklist. Um, 
I want to say 2005, 2006 was a turning point for me in the sales process because I really started sticking to a routine. I, I had, When I first started in sales, I had like three different teachers and a confused mind always says no. So like one person would tell me to do it this way, one person to tell me to do it that way. So I said, screw this. I'm going to do a checklist. I'm going to build a checklist and this is what I'm going to follow. I'm not going to take advice from 25 people because it's not working for me and I'm not making the sales that I need to. So it was a checklist. And then on this list is to become outcome oriented in your conversation. Literally use the word goal and outcome. What goal are you looking to achieve? What's the best outcome for you? And I'm not saying like, you know, like some people use your name a lot. Hey, Scott. Well, it's nice to meet you, Scott. Scott, I really want it. Like, that drives me up the wall. It drives most people up the wall, even though my favorite word in this, in, in, in the English language, well, a couple of them, one of them's cash. The other one's my name, but you got to be outcome oriented. Okay. In your personal life, I'm going to give you some really good advice that you might've heard about two and a half minutes ago. Stay away from negative people. <laughs> Stay away from negative people. Just, you know, do what you can to get away from it. If you're married to them, if you're in a relationship with them, if you got them in your family, I don't know. Figure out a way to limit contact. I got this friend, Mitch, uh, Mitch Smith here in Sacramento. One of the best salespeople I've ever met in my life. And uh, he's told me stories and I've talked to his wife about this. He's literally told his wife, if you got something negative to tell me, tell me when I get home. Don't tell me when I'm about to go into a deal. He's like, I'm, my job is to bring money home for you. And my job is to bring money home for the family. And I can't do that if I'm focused on weird things. His son literally caught the house on fire. And he's like, dad, the house is on fire. He goes, call 911, you know, and I'll call you when the job is done or when I'm done for the end of the day. I mean, like, that's the type of focus the dude has. Laugh often. Laugh often. It, it's an energy thing. There's something about good energy from laughing. I don't, I, I like, I don't know, little Jimmy Norton. Perfect. You know, Jim Brewer, great. Mitch Hedberg, cool. Mitch Fattel. I mean, like, I could go down the list. I've got tons of comedy, tons of comedy for this reason. Because there's something about comedy that has a really good energy. Okay. Next on this list, a morning review. Uh, I've got three panels next to my bed. It's literally the first thing that I see when I wake up in the morning. It's the first thing. I look and I see a list of goals. I see my long-term goals, my short-term goals, personal, you know, health. I've got everything on this board. And like I'm focused outcome first thing that I see in the morning. Um, I was part of a mastermind where the instructor, the, the coach said, look, you keep a three by five index card in your pocket at all times of your, your major, your major and minor goals. You know, your, your long-term goals. Like I've got a goal to have a house on the North shore of Oahu, Wailua, Haleiwa, either one of those towns. Perfect. Okay. That's on my three by five index card. I look at that thing every day, three by five. I've been, I've, I've mapped out the areas and the towns that I want to live in. You know, I've got this down. That's that's a major goal for me. I've got a three by five index and it allows me to focus in the morning. It's like sometimes I'm having a bad day and I and I like I go negative. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not negative, not negative. House on Oahu, house on Oahu, North Shore of Oahu, Holly Eva or Wailua, Holly Eva or Wailua, either one of those places. And like that's my go to when I'm when I'm in a funk. You may not even know where Wailua or Holly Eva is, and that's cool. You have your own version of it. Some people will be like, well, I want a house in Montana. Good. Whatever you want to do, put that on the list. You're like, well, Scott, I, I want a house in the Caribbean. Good. Good. I'll, I'll cheer you on. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Okay. With this being said, you know, I, I mentioned goal board, but you know, you can, you can put up a goal board. You can put up your vision board. But I had a really cool conversation with Dr. Fern Caslow, Dr. K. She's a performance coach. 
And her and I talk quite frequently. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. But she was like, hey, Scott, in order for a goal board to work, here's what you need to do is you need to have that feeling of accomplishment. You need to have that feeling of what it feels like to get that achievement. And that's how it programs the brain. So thank you, Dr. Caslow, Dr. Fern Caslow. You're awesome. You can have an accountability buddy. You can have somebody that you can call and talk to. I've got, I've got two different groups that I talk to throughout the day. And where are you at? What's going on? Constant check-in. Tell me what's going on. Well, you know, I'm having a problem. Well, what do you need help with? You know, because today I may be given that I may be the person that's giving help and tomorrow I'd be maybe the person who's being picked up. So you have to have like a, the team that you talk to. And then you can always go and look at the thing that you really want. For the longest time, I wanted a Rolex. For the longest time, I thought like, you know, I've always wanted a Rolex. I don't know why, you know, just like growing up as a kid, Magnum PI was on. I've always wanted a Ferrari. And then, you know, sometimes the things that you want in life turn out to not be what exactly what you wanted. So when I lost my dad a couple of years ago, all my priorities change and, and that's okay. You know, your priorities are going to change over time. You have kids, you know, there's, there's things that happen in your life and you're like, these are things that I thought that I wanted that I don't like. I used to go to a jewelry store here in Sacramento and I would go, you know, try on the Rolex and the guy knew my name and he's like, Hey, are you ever going to pull the trigger on this? And I don't know. I think at the time it was like an 11 or $12,000 watch. You know, it, it was a nice watch, but I, I lost interest in it. It's not a focus of mine anymore. I mean, I've got a, just a basic Samsung digital watch that I think I paid 300 bucks for. So like sometimes we focus on things that we don't really want and you got to cut those things out of your life. Would I get a Ferrari? I don't know. I don't fit in one. I don't. I'm 6'2". I was 271 pounds this morning when I, when I jumped out of the shower I don't fit in one. I thought they would be a cool car. I love them. They're amazing vehicles. You know, I do I want an exotic car? Eh. You know, at this point, I just, for me to get in and out of that car is not, it's not exciting. It's not exciting to accelerate and, you know, drive really fast. Yeah. And the reason I bring this up is like sometimes when we focus on things that we really don't want, they become, they become detrimental to us. You know, private jet. Do I want a private jet? Yep, yeah, that sounds way more interesting to me than, 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 a, than a Rolex. That sounds way more interesting to me than an AP. That sounds way more uh, interesting to me than a Hublot. And like right now, I'm not even wearing a watch. I'm not. I'm wearing uh, a surfing hoodie and a pair of shorts. <laughs> that's my that's my standard go to uh, clothing when I'm when I'm not wearing a Aloha shirt and I'm not on a Zoom call. And, there, and I promise you, this, this isn't an episode about me, but I want to give you some real life examples. I can't give you real life examples of you because I don't know exactly what you're doing or what you're listening to or where you're at in the world. So part of this is your focus has really got to be your focus. It's got to be your goal. As soon as I figured out that like, you know what, the Rolex isn't something that I want. If I get one in the future, great. Okay, cool, whatever. But like the focus for me is like, okay, commercial property, jet commercial property jet own businesses okay that 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 sounds way more interesting and and save jobs like I, I think that the the coolest story that I, I like to share is at the beginning of covid I know a guy that reached out to me and he's like Scott my sales team sucks and uh, I worked with his team and then I got a message that says because you helped me save my company I hired a bunch of people you saved some jobs that's like to me that's the ultimate that's the ultimate save jobs keep people employed way more cooler to me than, than a Rolex watch. But your focus is your focus. Your goals are your goals. They're not mine. And you're going to find that 
when you let go of things that you really don't want, your focus is easier to hold because now those are things that you want. So like in your focus, you, you may have family, you know, you like, Hey, I really want to make a difference for my kid, or I really want to make a difference for my community. I really want to help people save their jobs. Those are all cool things, right? Go for them, run for them. Like as a single guy with a bird, I've got an African gray, you know, I want the best for my bird. I like single guy with a bird. So some of the things like, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I don't have those life experiences. And so like when people are like, hey, Scott, you know, family and kids, I'm like, I'm going to give you a high five. I just, in my mind, I can't envision it because I'm not married and I don't have kids. And so like, if I'm giving you this example for this reason that your goals have to be your goals, like my goals have to be my goals. And so the second that you can let go of things that you're not interested in and things that you really don't want to do, then you're going to be set free. So I would challenge you from today's episode is what are you focused on? What, what's, your, what's your seven-day focus, your 30-day focus, and your 90-day focus? And if you can write those things down, just like make some really quick bullet points. What are you going to focus on? And then in the same thing in your sales process, what's your focus? Like from the beginning, when I meet with business owners, when I meet with, with somebody who's like, you know, here, we need some training. I'm like, okay, what's the outcome that you want? What's your goal? What, what do you envision doing by working with me? What is it? What is it that you want to see? What is it that you want to achieve? And I want people to paint their vision because if they paint their vision, I can match it or I can tell them that's not what I do. There's times where I have to literally tell people like, that's not what I do. Don't get me wrong. I would love to take the money. I would love for you to be a client, but that's not my specialty. It's not what I do. Here's the person you got to talk to, or I don't think I can get that outcome for you just because of whatever reason it is. I'm a pretty realistic person. You call me and say, hey, I need help. I'm going to tell you, yes, I can do it or no, I can't. I'm not a big fan of just taking money for the sake of taking money because then that's how you end up with people upset with you, mad with you, just like you got to stay in your lane. Now, I'm not saying you can't evolve over time. You can't get skills and talents and capabilities over time, but it's just important to know for you to have focus, for you to have focus in sales, you do have to have some goals. You do have to have some parameters. You do have to know what you want. And I know we've gone for about, 40-ish minutes on this episode of the How to Sell Show. And some of this has been about me. A lot of this has been about you, but I've given you some examples from my life. You know, you, you, you will do very well in sales if you can stay focused. Now, I'm going to help you out by fixing that. You will do very well in sales when you stay focused. And the challenge for you is, what is it that you want? What's the outcome that you want to achieve? What's the goal that you have? Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.